This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. On this week's episode of Film Critics Weekly, we're going to be talking about our picks for the Academy Awards. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Film Critics Weekly right here on the Popcorn Talk Network. So for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about all the studios and which movies they're going to be putting in the running for award season this year. But today we want to do something a little bit differently, and we are going to be talking about our personal picks for the Academy Awards and which movies we want to see in there. So I, of course, am Scott Menzel. I am the founder of the Los Angeles Online Film Critics Society. And joining me today is Michael Sandoval of Muse TV. How are you, Michael? Doing great. I was a little scared coming into this because a, there's a lot of good movies out there this year. So I'm really excited to be talking about this. Yeah, this is a really, really exciting uh, time of year. And I think what makes this really special this year, as opposed to so many other years, is that there's so many categories that don't have clear winners i think it's all over the place people have been moving stuff up and down lists that's why i wanted to do something instead of trying to do a prediction list this early kind of just talk about what movies you saw and what movies connected with you and who you feel fits into the categories right and i i got my list ready last night because it took it took some time to think about this so i'm really excited let's share this okay cool so we're gonna start off we're gonna we're, we're gonna start off we're gonna do six categories today we're gonna start off with best director uh who who are the five that you personally would pick and which one would you want to win well five one olivia wilde because i love book smart taika watiti on jojo rabbit was very impressive um james mangold on ford versus ferrari was my number three Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. And the fifth one was a little difficult because I still haven't seen a lot of movies, so I had to leave that one out because I'm okay. not sure just yet. Uh, so for me, uh, so out of those, who would you, if you if you were running the Academy and you, you had to have a pick, mm-hmm. who would you say you would want to pick for that? I would go with Taika Waititi. Okay. It's just, and to explain it, is the fact that Jojo Rabbit was such a unique and different type of film. You were going into it thinking one thing, and then you realize at the end how much different it really was. And it was something that really showed the muscle of Taika Waititi's directing skills. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm the weirdo this year who actually has mixed feelings about that film. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like the, the second half of the movie was much stronger than the first mm-hmm. half. Um, I saw it twice. 
Um, I liked it a little bit more the second time around. Uh, so one thing I will give you a spoiler alert. Um, I will not have Jojo Rabbit on any of my categories so far, even though I will say, for the record, I do see it being nominated mm-hmm. when the list the list officially mm-hmm. comes out. I do. I think. I think it's going to be. It's going to have a lot of say in our award ceremony, mm-hmm. but I also think at both Golden Globes and the Academy, I think it's going to have a lot of play. Okay. Uh, that being said, also on my list, I do have uh, Olivia Wilde for Booksmart. Mm-hmm. I have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Uh, those are the two that I have that are that you've mentioned. Other two that I want to point out um, is uh, Bon Joon Ho for Parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say uh, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, even though I have not seen that yet. I just feel like from what I hear so far and also because I think, again, we need to, to talk more about female filmmakers. I would like mm-hmm. to see her get a nomination. Um, but for me, if I actually had to pick anyone in this category who I would love to see, um, Trey Edward Schultz for Waves. Uh, I know you have not seen this not, movie yet. I haven't yet. seen that one yet. Um, but this guy has only made three films and in the span of about uh, six years has able to make from a very small scale independent film where he made it in his house with his his family to you know going to it comes at night which is in the woods and it's a horror movie with a much bigger cast to uh this film which i think is so impressive and a must see on the big screen because he he toys around with aspect ratios to to kind of tie into the emotions and our feelings of the film uh i mean it goes from you know super super wide screen to regular 16 by 9 to you know 4 by 3 and then it, it kind of spans back out as the events are unfolding in the film um he does this cool thing with this we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Camera where, like, it spins around and things of that nature. Uh, Really unique stuff that I haven't seen in a lot of films yet. Uh, And... I know he's he's more of an unknown director still. Uh, he probably will get some love at the Independent Spirit Awards, but if I was going to pick someone in this category right now, uh, it would probably be him first, and then Olivia Wilde would be a very close second mm-hmm. because I loved all the things that she did with, with her film, Booksmart. Yeah, and that's the thing like with me, too, with Booksmart. Olivia Wilde, for a first-time director, impressed me so much because it was like so good. But it's... But I think the one thing that may hurt it is the fact that it came out in the summer and it's so packed in the fall that she may get overlooked, which is sad because I think she, she'll she get some love at, get, at the at the Film Independent, yeah. oh, the Spirit Awards. She will get love there. She will get a lot of love in like the Golden Globes. But the Oscars, since it's so packed in the fall and the way their thought, mind process is, that's what's sad about it. Sometimes I think the ones that always come out at the end of the year always seem to do better than the ones that are in the middle and the beginning. But you never know. It changes every year. So Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the thing that I also concerned me about this, and, and you probably know about mm-hmm. this, but uh, Booksmart was released under Annapurna, mm-hmm. and Annapurna no longer exists on its own. It's mm-hmm. now part of UA releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about that is, is that 
they have had a few decent hits. You know, um, oh god, that the Anne Hathaway Anne Hathaway movie with Rebel Wilson. I can't believe I can't. Oh, the one that was like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, that one. Females. Yes, that one actually did much better than they expected. The Adams Family did fairly well Mm -hmm. for them as well. So hopefully, since they only really have Booksmart to Mm -hmm. push, maybe they can. Get together a little bit of money to help push this. I know they're doing the screenings came out. They're doing a, a big push on Saturday here in LA for the mm-hmm. movie, and then they have some other screenings that they set up. Um, but I, I, I feel I feel what you're saying. I feel yeah. like everyone in the industry loved Booksmart. I, I feel like this was the movie that everyone got 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 behind this year. Um, there's been a, quite a few of those actually. Yeah. Like I feel like Farewell is another one like that. Um, but people have been really pushing for Olivia, and I and I hope. UA gives this movie a good push. Right. Like I say, it's always more, it's always who has the best marketing budget in order to push it to get it in front of the most eyes. The answer is Netflix. Yes. The answer is Netflix. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on to uh, best supporting actress. Um, Who's, who, who do you have as your five picks for this? You you know, I really, I didn't go with five picks on this. Okay. I have one. Okay. And it's uh, Zhao Shuzian from the farewell. Okay. She stood out to me out of everybody, even Aquafina or anybody else in that film, really stood out, even though she is a supporting actress, but she really stood out in that movie and really made it very enjoyable for me. That's a good pick. I mean, you know, I think Farewell is a a fascinating film because I think you take away all of the secondary actors, Mm -hmm. the the main actress, you know, Aquafina, would not be as strong if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for everyone else. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's weird because I don't have her in this list, and I and I almost wonder because of the fact that I'm so familiar with Aquafina's name, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see this play out a lot award season, where the movie will probably get you know we we hear Lulu Wang for maybe mm-hmm. for director, and we we've heard a lot of conversation about that, and we hear Aquafina, right. um, but because this is actually like you know Chinese Japanese actors in this mm-hmm. movie. And people can't say their names, like myself. Um, you know, there's this there's this hesitance of like being able to like nominate these people, and I and I I feel bad because I do agree with you. Yeah. I think she's really great mm-hmm. in the film, and she kind of takes it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I think with the success of Crazy Rich Asians and other Japanese, Chinese, and Asian films, yeah, that I think the Academy is going to say, okay. Let's look at it as what it is. Hopefully, I'm praying that this is what it is. It's by its merit. Yeah. And because on a, alone, forget about who's in it. This is a really good film. Yeah. Really good film, and it's something that everybody should go out and watch. Why you have the chance? Because films this special don't come around that often anymore. I want you know it's it's funny you mentioned that. So there's there's two movies this year. Farewell being one of them. The other being Parasite, mm-hmm. where. You have the film, and it's subtitled, mm-hmm. and you don't mind reading the subtitles, and you feel engaged, and you're emotionally connected, and you're laughing. That's special, yeah. because I feel like whenever you mention foreign film or, or something with subtitles, there's always like this wall that comes up with people. Mm-hmm. Ah, I got to read! I don't want to do that. Screw that. You know, there's a very small marketplace for foreign Mm -hmm. film and movies with subtitles. 
And to have these two movies have that incredible breakout, I mean, Parasite is doing so well for Neon. I don't think Neon could have, you know, gotten luckier <laughs> with this movie. But farewell also for A24. This is talking about a movie that started getting hype all the way back at Sundance, came out in June, and we're still talking about it now. I feel like we're talking about farewell more than we're talking about Booksmart, even though it started earlier in its push. Right. So and I don't and to go on the case. Yeah, everybody's been talking about Parasite. Oh, it's yeah. so much, so much buzz, and everybody that I've seen, critics, non-critics, have been talking about this film. There's a lot of word and word of mouth. It's just like the it's just like baseball. <laughs> Whoever's hot in September, and they're on a winning streak, usually win the World Series. So you never know because whoever's the hottest at the end of the year could push them into January and February and wind up with some good awards. And what's interesting about this, too, for me, is that I don't think anyone has any shadow of a doubt that Parasite, and I think this is probably the most easiest category to to predict, uh, foreign language film winner will be Parasite. I, I, think we, I think almost every person would agree on that. <laughs> but I do think it'll be interesting because Neon is a much smaller company, and obviously they don't have as much money to push. They're 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 relying on word of mouth, but I will will find it so funny if somehow this movie winds up getting best picture, with half like probably like what one sixth the marketing push of Roma, which they mm-hmm. pushed like Netflix pushed so hard last year and it spent right. forty million dollars on a campaign. Neon doesn't have that to do that for mm-hmm. for Parasite, but it seems like at this time last year when everyone was talking about Roma, I. I I, I happily said to everyone, I'm like, it's getting foreign language picture. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to best picture, it's not, it doesn't happen. Right. But I kind of feel like Parasite might. Yeah, so, I agree. So uh, my picks for this category, uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, uh, Taylor Russell for Waves, Margot Robbie for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. And again, I have not seen Little Women, but I, I really loved her in Midsummer. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Florence Pugh, uh, with, uh, Florence Plug. I'm sorry for Little Women. Um, again, the, I, I've been following the early early buzz on this. I don't get to see this movie for another couple of weeks, but uh, this girl is going places in Hollywood, and I think the Little Women is an. You know, we've seen so many adaptations about this, but what I heard that as Greta has done with it, especially in the second half of the movie, is that it turns the the classic tale on its head, and it's really rewarding. So, uh, this is the one one movie you're going to hear me say throughout this list that I have not seen, but I just the word of mouth and kind of like knowing the actors that are in mm-hmm. it, I, I feel like they're going to get in, and, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's rightfully so, even if I don't love the movie as a whole. I, I see that these these actors are strong, and I know what their work is. So, um, if I was going to pick from, I think, I think Laura Dern has this on lockdown right now. Yeah. I really do. Um, she's so good in Mar- Marriage Story. That film as a whole is so relatable. I think everyone could relate to it, uh, whether you're, you've ever been in a relation, like a, a marriage, or just a long term relationship. Even someone who's young and you know has fallen out of love for the first time, I think it just has something for everyone. And because it deals with having a child and how other people are involved, it, it, 
it just it's a, it's a it's a it's a full meal. Um, I said this about mother motherless Brooklyn, you know. Also earlier today was mm-hmm. you know it, there's a lot to digest with the movie. It has so many layers to it. It's not just you know a married couple fighting and arguing. It's like how the people in their lives play a role into what happens with the marriage, and the kids and lawyers and everything. And it, it's just really powerful stuff. And I, I think Laura Dern. This is probably the. Uh, some of the best work she's done in the past couple of years. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So any studio out there who wants to send me to go see your <laughs> movies and you want to be on this list, please invite me. Because every there's we've I've read about it. I've heard about it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. And everybody is talking Laura Dern. Yeah. And that's the one thing. Like I, I really want to see what she does in this movie. It, it's intriguing me now. Yeah, you oh should definitely God. see it. I mean, I think if you go on the Netflix guilds, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of screenings listed, and we, you can go go through there. Cool, cool. But um, how about for Best Supporting Actor? Best Supporting Actor. Well, we have the five, but, like, let's be honest here. We could talk <laughs> five, but it's going to be one of only two people. Yes. Joe Pesci or Al Pacino? Interesting. Either one for The Irishman, because I'm sorry. Joe Pesci was... In this film, amazing. Yeah. He really supported Robert De Niro's character better than... And Al Pacino. Better than everything. Because I was just sitting there like... One, seeing Joe Pesci on the screen and his acting made me realize like... Oh shoot, I really miss seeing this type of film. Which, I I don't say that often. But I really loved it. And Al Pacino as Hoffa? (laughs) Wow. Did he just like... Somebody threw him a curveball and he hit a home run on that one. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's kind of funny because uh, you know, I you know who I want to see. I, I want to see Sterling K. Brown. I want to mm-hmm. see Brad Pitt. Uh, I want to see Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. But to me, it comes down to really Joe Pesci and Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen Beautiful Day. No, not yet. Uh, and and I'm kind of mixed on that movie as a whole. Like I, I'm I'm a big Mr. Rogers fan. I grew up watching it. I, I think he 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 is a remarkable voice and like tell you know taught people how to be kind to one another but also like hear people out listen to people with differences and this was like my most anticipated film of the year like when they announced this and tom hanks is mr rogers it's like oh my god like you know heaven came down and whatever <laughs> I, I just like i couldn't couldn't wait for this freaking movie and i and i when i went when i was at toronto i actually skipped um, a couple screenings in order to make sure that I went to the first screening of this movie because I, I wanted to see it so badly. Um, and Tom Hanks is just phenomenal in the film. I mean, he, he, he becomes Mr. Rogers. He must have studied those tapes and his mannerisms. I mean, just, just like the way like he, he moves his hand or just just certain elements of it. He just really becomes this character. And it is such a great, because he's America's sweetheart as it is. And then when you have him playing someone else who, who could do no wrong, it's great. But they show like a little bit of the darker side of Mr. Rogers in this film. Again, like he's not going off punching people or anything, but you know, certain little things like, like he would do, like playing a piano a certain way. And, you know, these tough situations that he was put in. Um, but he's great in the film. But then I saw Joe Pesci in The Irishman, and I said to myself, here's Joe Pesci coming back, but doing something that he also hasn't done before. Mm-hmm. He's being not the hothead. He's being the calm, cool, and collected guy. Exactly. Which we don't expect mm-hmm. from Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And yet, he's so great in it. Mm-hmm. And So to me, 
I, I this is the one category where like if you ask me to pick, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, those are the two that I would go for. Uh, I, I literally would have to probably flip a coin and just go what's best, you know, whatever it comes up with, exactly. because they're so good. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing, like, we always have to run, warn everybody who's watching today, with all the categories, with the way the studios are putting Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best, best Actor, and where they're going to place them for these films. Please keep in mind that this is our opinion oh, <laughs> and what the Academy 100%. does. And what's going to happen is going to be very interesting when they put them on it. Because we've already heard a lot of rumblings about who's going to get placed for what and everything. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny because it'll constantly change. You mm-hmm. know, with the way Hollywood works nowadays, with the way film Twitter works and everything... There could be like three or four more controversies between mm-hmm. now and award season that'll take some of these people completely out of there. I exactly. mean, it has happened all the time now. Mm-hmm. You know, there was. I just, I just <laughs> you just never know. You never know. Yeah. I mean, it's just something is always coming up. Now. Yeah, and the reason why I bring it up for everybody is the fact that you picked Tom Hanks as best supporting actor. Yeah, he may be winding up at best. They may put him as best actor, even though he right. really is a supporting. So it's like because it's Tom Hanks, right? So. And, and and you know, but I think that would be silly on their part because I think that that best actor category mm-hmm. is so crowded right oh, now. Oh yeah, it is. I think it's so crowded, and it would be foolish on them. But they did it with Ford versus Ferrari. Don't exactly. understand that. Exactly. I don't understand uh-huh. that. Don't understand that. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, best actress, who do you have for your picks? Best actress, well, like with everything that I've done, I've only picked one. <laughs> okay. Because if there's a standout, what's the point of me talking about anybody else? Renee Zellweger in Judy. Interesting. She really encapsulated who Judy Garland was. And I was reluctant about her being in the role and playing Judy Garland. But when I saw the film, I was like, oh, wow, she really is Judy Gar- Garland. From all the tapes that you see in the past because I wasn't born around that time when she was like the biggest star and one of the biggest stars in the world. And you see those tapes and you see what Renee Zellweger did to portray Judy Garland. I was just blown away. I thought I was like right then and there best actress. It's, it's funny because this year has been the year where I feel like the performances have really elevated a movie, like mm-hmm. where a movie has been very, very so, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Harriet is a good example of this. I kind of feel Judy's Mm -hmm. an example of this. And it's weird because I'm trying, I would, I'm honestly going to go out on the ropes and say this too. After thinking about Bombshell more and more, Mm -hmm. like I do feel like it's, 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 it's a very important film for like Time's Up and Me Too Generation. I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the quintessential film for, for this, this time period. But when you look and take, Apart the film, there's problems there where I feel like it takes away from, you know, how good the movie should be. Mm-hmm. But, like, Charlize Theron in that movie, to me, is a, is a very major player. And even though I don't think the movie is up to her caliber of performance, she's one of the people who I would pick for that. Um, I'm going to say Aquafina as well. I'm going to say Scarlet again for Marriage Story. Uh, again, Little Women just getting some love from me. Uh, Shorsha Ronan for uh, her work in that. And then I, I would say Renee is the one that the industry wants. Mm-hmm. The industry really wants Renee. I don't know if the industry is going give, to mm-hmm. give it to her because she has been nominated many times before. She has gotten a lot of praise for roles over the years. And, and I think this might be a situation because there's so many actors – 
and actresses in okay movies where their performances are so great that there's a lot to pick from this year. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that might hurt her. Yeah, and that's the one thing, like, with the body, like I was telling you, with Judy, with Judy, the movie has issues. Yeah. It's not the best of, best of movies, but she does carry, she does do very well in the film, and I was looking at it as her actressing, as her being an actress and what her what her performance was like and kind of disregard the film. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't really blame the performance if the script was terrible, but she used what she got yeah. and delivered. So that's always the way I look at any type of film. And that's the one thing, especially when it comes to award season categories, when it's an individual, you got to, I look at it as the individual. It is a hard year. Yeah. I definitely agree with it. Uh, that was probably my biggest standout. Yeah. For me. Okay. Uh, so that's why I was kind of like, this is, that's why I say this was a very difficult year to be able to just say, hey, this, this, and this. But this one kind of stuck in my brain. Okay. So it's tough. Good. I think uh, for me right now, I'm, I'm actually going to go either with Scarlett or Charlize. I think because of the fact that Charlize actually had to become Megan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Not only does she look like her, but also the voice. It doesn't sound like Charlize mm-hmm. Theron. I think I'm going to give her a little bit of a leg up on cool. this for my cool. pick. My pick. Uh, best actor. Well, that one's another crowded <laughs> character category because we don't know who's going to be thrown into the best actor category like Tom Hanks and yeah. everybody else. So we already know two. Christian yeah. Bale, Matt Damon. Yeah. Which I would... I, it's hard for me to put both of them as best actor, but there we go. Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro. You know he's going to get something. There's yeah. no way he's not going to be talked about. Yeah. After that, the next two, I really... That's a toss-up. Yeah? For me, for me that's a toss-up. It could, could be anybody. Because it could be Tom Hanks. It could be... Because they may throw him into that type of type of role. It's It's very... I haven't made a decision on that one yet because I haven't seen the whatever's coming out after, from today on. Still haven't seen it, so it's really hard for me to put that. But I have a tie on this one. It's okay. only going to be either okay. one or okay. the two. Okay. I have Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari because I loved his performance yeah. in the movie, and Robert De Niro for The Irishman, mostly because of a sympathetic pick. Because oh. I think the sympathy of the fact that Robert De Niro and to me. We had talked about this after the film of The Irishman. Yeah. To me, it feels like this is the... It felt like the end of this type of film for Martin Scorsese. And Robert De Niro is not getting any younger. He does deliver a good performance, but is it as good as everybody else? I don't know, but it's still a strong performance. So that's where I'm like, De Niro's... if, If he wins, I'm not feeling bad. Yeah. To Christian Bale's point... On Ford versus Ferrari, I thought his role was one. It's not only pivotal to the film; he also played it a, like you see the video, like another one. You see the footage from him from the original, the real person, and you see what he delivered, and he took it to an whole another level. And he really drives the story, and it's much as they're trying to put Matt Damon as a oh, I know. Now, I Matt know. Damon was a great supporting to Christian Bale. But Christian Bale, once again, it's like it's hard. When you give him a good script and a good role, he will deliver. Yeah. I think that's what makes Christian Bale such a wonderful actor is the fact that he can, he just, he's so much into the craft Mm -hmm. of it. And then, you know, he's the guy who's like, you remember the machinist where he like lost all the, Mm -hmm. 
lost all the way. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. And you think even in Batman or, or Patrick Bateman and American Psycho, like he, he's just, he just becomes these people. And he's no stranger to playing characters that are not very likable. And I mean, this, this, this Ken Miles in this movie, he's not a very likable guy in the beginning of the film. And then as you, as the movie goes on, you like him more and more because he's so, I don't know. He's so good at what he does, right? He knows what he's talking about. He's not some guy who's all about, he, he has his own ego, but his ego is earned because he actually knows the skills. He has the skills and he shows up like the Ford motor company and says like, this is why you can't win. This is, and you know, I loved him in this movie, this movie. I'm like, I'm so like, it's an entertaining, fun movie. Again, another movie where, like, I liked it more than, say, like, a Judy. Uh, but still, I don't know if it's, like, an awards movie as a whole. But, like, his performance and, like, sound mixing and sound design, that stuff is, like, for sure, like, Oscar stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's great. To me, I can't believe you didn't say this, but to, this is the hardest category right oh, now. It is. It really is. This is it the really hardest. Because, like, I know you haven't seen some of these movies, but, like... Taron Egerton, I don't want people to forget about oh, him. Oh, I from, saw that from Rocket Man. Yes. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want people to forget Jonathan Price from the, for the Two Popes, a mm-hmm. movie that I've been championing because I have never, I never thought in my day that I would be championing a movie about religion and things of that nature. But Jonathan Price is so damn good mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, of course, my buddy uh, Calvin Harrison Jr., who you can just take waves, you can take loose. I don't care which movie he gets nominated for. I just want him to get nominated because his performances in both those movies are fantastic. Uh, Adam Driver, who, for the record, I was not the biggest Adam Driver fan for a very long time. When people, when he was first on his rise and people were like girls and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I was like, I don't like this guy. I don't care. But over the last couple of years... Seeing him kind of take on all these different types of performances, especially this year between The Dead Don't Die, doing The Report, and now in Marriage Story, this is like just shows his range. And and we didn't even see him in the last Star Wars movies yet. So I'm really excited. But to me, there is no question about this category. Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Joaquin Phoenix owns this category. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's funny because... Very rarely do you see a lot of celebrities come out and start, you know, voicing their their opinions on who should win. I mean, Jessica Chastain came out yesterday and she even went as the Joker for Halloween. I just, there is no better performance this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I would agree with you any other year. Yeah. <laughs> but also, too, with the topic. I think King Phoenix just nailed that role. Yeah. But I have a feeling, knowing the Academy and knowing how they are... He'll. You will have a best, two different best actors in the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix will win a Golden Globe for Best Actor. For the Academy Awards, it will be somebody else because I don't think they're because of the subject too material. Risky, right? Yeah, too risky, and that's the reason why I played a safe pick. Yeah, like I could say Joaquin Phoenix, but I don't know with the way the Academy sometimes runs. It's hard for me to say. You go with De Niro. I know what you were saying with mm-hmm. De Niro because you go, he's a legend. He's an icon. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Scorsese in there. You know, but I don't want it to be the Irishman show either, yeah, right? Like, exactly. Award shows suck when mm-hmm. it's the same movie. And it's why, why at the LAOCS, I always like, I, I, I put in this filter whenever we vote. I always say this and I post it in the group and I say, spread the wealth. Mm-hmm. Because what, what, wouldn't a show be so much more interesting if like, 
you don't as much as I love waves, I don't want waves to walk around uh, away with 10 awards. Right. You know, if it wins one or two, good. Mm-hmm. You know, let Irishmen win one or two. That's what I'm always worried about when you have like icons. Like a lot of people are talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too. Mm-hmm. Again, I really enjoyed that movie. I see I see how Leo could be nominated. I see how uh, Brad can be nominated. I see how Quentin can be nominated. I see how the movie can be nominated. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want all those awards for that movie. Like, give right. it one where you feel like it's it's the strongest. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the problem with voters in general, is that you have to really look at your category and you say, like, all right, so I really like, you know, I really like Joker, you know, but where in Joker do I feel like it's the strongest? Do I think it's the direction? Do I think it's the score? Where do I feel is the strongest and that's where i think you put your vote and if you can't break up just in one vote maybe do two you know and three at the most i just i feel like there's certain people who vote like just straight like they love a movie and they're just like oh okay that should get everything Mm -hmm. and it's like no like you have to analyze Mm -hmm. movies it's your job you should be looking at stuff and actually making exactly and then with adam driver with the report i get to see that on saturday with a q a with adam driver so if you're watching make sure i I am bribable Um, (laughs) no i i mean i mean Let's put. Let's be honest. It's like I love his acting. Yeah, I think he's really shown it, especially with last year with uh, Black Klansman. Yeah, I thought he was really good in that yeah. film. Whereas with Star Wars, like my best friend said, put the mask back on. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But let's be honest here. He is a great actor, and you could see that he's growing, and he loves seeing that growth in an actor. So it is a very tough category, but. Let's see. I guess we got one more category. Quick question uh, before yes. you guys move on. This is Jeff in the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm wondering if you guys have seen the new Softy movie, Uncut Gems. Oh, yes. Uh, I've heard Sandler is, uh, might sneak into the category, and I don't know if you have thoughts on that or not. He's, uh, you know, he's the uh, the black sheep right now, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are, are, are pushing for him again. He, he's kind of getting the uh, Joaquin Phoenix treatment where I feel like people are kind of mixed on that movie, where I feel like the reaction has been either very positive or kind of negative. Uh, I know even people in our organization who have seen it. I know Nestor was not a fan of of Uncut Gems at all. Him and his, him and his wife walked out of it and they were like, nope. Um Ashley did not like it, um, but Sandler Sandler is great in the movie. And I mean, I guess the question Jeff becomes is like, how many comeback stories can we have this year? <laughs> it's know? true because well, people are talking about Eddie too for right. Dolomite. Eddie, so Eddie, yeah. I'm wondering if it's going to be the battle of the disgraced SNL alum this year, but we'll see. Eddie's gonna, you know, Eddie's in in good company over at the Golden Globes. I think. I think right. he's he's yeah. going to get mm-hmm. a nomination for sure. He might even win over there mm-hmm. because. Again, what you were talking about. Not only does he have the Saturday Saturday Night Live thing going for him, but he also has that iconic, like, comedic presence that people love. And and this is the best he's been since like the nineties. <laughs> and that's the one thing with Uncut Gems. Good thing you brought that up. Is the fact that from people who usually just normal people who go to the movies, not right, not us right, critics, right, right, right. When they see the trailer, I've overheard people saying that I'm kind of interested in seeing. It does, this is not your normal Adam Sandler. I kind of want to go see that film. And I've been hearing a lot of buzz walking out of theaters and hearing and what people were saying about that trailer. So it's interesting. I'm curious to see when it's finally released what happens. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, A24 has a lot on their plate mm-hmm. this year, and that's that's kind of like the last one for this right. year to push out. Um, but they had such great success with Good Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think Uncut Gems is as good as Good Time. I mean, that was a really well 
crafted film where I feel like there's elements of this movie that are really strong, but it's really Sandler holding the film together. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Adina Menzel, but like, I feel like she's just a character in mm-hmm. this movie. I don't feel like she, she's given enough, but Sandler is just so damn good and he's just it's so different. He may sneak in there, Jeff. I don't know. He may sneak in. I haven't seen it. I'm really looking forward to it. I love Good Times. So, yeah, uh, it's um, so good. I'll check it out. Thanks, guys. Just yep, wondering your no thoughts problem, on problem. that. Yep. Uh, best picture. Hmm. Um, did you only pick one for this? Or no. do you have, you I, have I, a bunch? A lot. Okay, there's okay, a lot. Okay, go for it. We're going to start with Star Wars. No, just kidding. We're, <laughs> we're going to start off with Star Wars. <laughs> no, no. Get no. the hell out of here. No, no. <laughs> just a joke. Um, there's so many good films this year yeah. that I've been very, very happy with. I mean, Ford versus Ferrari's on my list. The Irish and Irishman's on my list. Uh, Rocket Man is something that I've seen and is on my list because I thought it was a great story. Uh, I'm looking forward. I would throw the report. Yep. Once uh, from all the buzz, and once I see it on Saturday, that may fall in there. Uh, Won't you be my neighbor? Maybe it fall in there. So there's a lot of good picks. Joker, definitely. Yeah. Let me give you two because I've been <laughs> okay. thinking about this a lot. Okay. My personal pick to win Best Picture. Actually, let's do three. <laughs> Start off with what I think should win. Okay. The, I think Joker should win. Okay. I liked it. It was a great film. Pulled me in from beginning to end. I agree. Second, The Irishman. I think that's because of Scorsese, so he, it's a good shot that he's going to get something. And I think the movie was really... It, even though it is kind of clunky at the end, it's a really good film. And it brings you back to the days of this type of filmmaking. Yeah. Third, and this is just the really personal favorite because I love car movies, is Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> because there's something about this film that... And knowing, knowing Carol, like being hearing the stories of Carol Shelby, knowing what happened, and my dad being in the automotive industry and working in there, and hearing the stories of it, of it, just kind of like, and then seeing the movie, there, it was very, it was loosely based, but it was very spot on as well to what the whole battle was and what, what, what it was between Ford and Ferrari, America versus Italy, who could, and at that time. Who could be the 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 king, the automaker king? And it's really and for Shelby being an out, outsider, it's that underdog story that we all go through as running a business, and literally that the small guy is the one who made Ford back again and really gave it a name again. So out of those three films, I would say Joker. Okay. We know I I wouldn't be shocked if it is The Irishman, but personally, I loved Ford vs Ferrari. Okay. All right, so this is, again, this is probably the second hardest category because I, I really do think that the actor category is the hardest. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, for me, I there was there's no no other pick but Joaquin for that, but I, I like looking at these names and I'm kind of like, I want all of them to win. Um, best picture, I, I think, is like more of a, a, a kind of a crapshoot of like where the Academy is going to go because mm-hmm. I think there's maybe like five films that I, I I feel really should be in there. Uh, one of which I have not brought up at all yet, uh, which is Knives Out. Um, I, I think the Academy will not... It might get a nod, nomination, but no way in freaking hell is it going to win. But, like, it would be so nice to actually have something that's like a comedy mystery whodunit to, like, win 
something that's different and actually will probably age well. And, you know, I think this movie's better than Clue. I know, like, everyone uses that as, like, some kind of, like, perfect example of, like, a mystery comedy. But I think Knives Out is better than Clue. Um, And you know how much people talk about Clue. So, like, Mm -hmm. it's funny if you had something like this where you have an all-star cast and everyone, you know, has something to do in the movie. I think, you know, this would be a very interesting choice for the Academy. Well, to echo that, Scott, Gosford Park got a ton of noms when it came out. It was Best Picture nominated. direct. I mean, it was Altman, so that's probably partly why. Right, right, right. Sometimes the Academy likes these sort of throwback ensemble Agatha Christie things, especially when they're done in a fresh way. So I think it's totally a reasonable pitch. Cool. Yeah, I, I hope I hope so. I mean, um, I would love to. I, like I said, I th- I do think it's going to get a nomination. I, I just don't know if it's going to get a win. Um, I think Joker is the movie that they need to win. If if we had to like talk about it, because there's been so much hype and so much buzz about this movie, and people are like all across the board on this movie. There's people who think it's okay. There's people who hate it. There's people who absolutely love it. Um, people have seen this movie multiple times. It has something to say, you know, if you decide to look for it. There's a lot of messages that you can take away. Some people argue like it's, it doesn't have anything to say. I don't know what movie those people have watched because I feel like there's a lot to take away from this movie. It also, I think, would give the, the, the Academy the biggest push and the ratings jump, too, that it would probably need. Um, Irishman is very much, as you said, the traditional pick. The easy, easy answer. Um, and Parasite, I think, is that that, that little bit, that little uh, foreign film that could. Uh, that's definitely going to be nominated, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if it wins. Uh, and then I think Marriage Story is also of the five. Those were, like, ones that I think are a sure bet. Um, in terms of, like, the other ones, like the other whatever, if they go three to five more, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen the reaction that people have have gotten from Rocket Man, seeing it at, at Paramount recently. Again, like people really love that film, and they have Ellen John behind it. You know, people love him. Uh, Bombshell is very timely, very important. I've been following the news the last couple of weeks. A lot of people have been coming out about like the NDAs and how they're not able to speak up. So it's very relevant to now. Um, once upon a time and Hollywood's an, an underdog and Hollywood loves movies about themselves, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, two popes has two legendary actors in it. Uh, it it's hard to say like what the categories are going to be like, which, which movie is going to fit into this category. Um, but to me, I'm, I'm actually in a, in a weird way. I'm kind of minus my knives out swapping for your Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, I think that's how I feel. Like, I think that it should be a Joker, Knives Out, or Irishman are the ones that should be in top consideration. Yeah, and right especially, now. and I agree with you in that, with the Joker and everything, because of the fact that the one thing that there is a disconnect between the normal viewing audience and the Academy, and sometimes that's the reason why a lot of people don't watch the Academy Awards. It's really not the length of the, of the show. No, it's not. It's the fact that a lot of people, one... You got to remember, not every film goes into every place of the country, but somebody thing like Joker or, or one of the big seen everybody's it. seen it. So when you don't see a when you don't see a picture that you've seen win, and it's and you think of the percentages, it's pretty high, and they don't win, it pulls people away from a, an award show. 
because they want to see some of the things that they that they've seen and feel and built a connection with win i want to see joker win i think it's an important statement especially with what's going on it does have a lot of messages yeah especially with everything like i can't i can't stress it enough with what's going on nowadays yeah it does say a lot it should win will the academy give it to them it's too risky it's too risky it's and then that's the and that's the sad part. It shouldn't be about what's our image towards the academy or what the people who vote. It's about what deserves it. That's why I say Irishmen. Chances are probably going to be the the easy choice, the perfect choice. Everybody's going to fall for it. But if they decided to say we're going to, as a voting committee, we're going to, you know, we really do think this film is really good. We're going to vote for it, and let's see what it does. The thing that's very interesting about The Irishman um, is that as much as I, I deeply enjoy this film, and mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a throwback to, you know, it's, it's like Mean Streets and Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got those vibes and that energy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing really new, Mm-mm. you know, why besides the de-aging technology being in the film, the story is very much classic Scorsese. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen it before. There's nothing. He's not taking really many risks right. with it. It's less violent than most of his other films. Mm-hmm. You know, it's longer than most of his other <laughs> films. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the safe bet. And mm-hmm. But the weird thing is, is that as many people that I know, and we all were like, there was a group of us at mm-hmm. LAOFCS who went to go see this movie together, I don't think anyone came out of this movie saying that it was their favorite movie of the year. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't think there's a single person who I talk to who's like, that is my, that is my movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone said it's good, it's, it's one of the best, mm-hmm. but no one came out and said it was the best. Yeah. And it'll be interesting if, if a movie that almost everyone agrees is one of the best ends up becoming the best because it's the easy way to mm-hmm. go. Right, and this is the one thing that I don't know if you noticed during our screening... And this is one thing that I really hate when you go to a movie screen and there's a glitch in the projection. Yeah. And I saw two glitches in the projection during the whole film. And I'm like, you're trying to sell this film on me. You're trying to make sure that I give it a good review. And you present it with two glitches in the presentation. Just because I don't know what the main house looked like. Yeah. But even no matter what house you're watching that movie, it should be pristine right and that's where i kind of was just kind of like hmm interesting it it left a bad taste in my mouth because you want this award to be you want us to give us give it a high praise you want us to give us awards but you show me a print that has two glitches and i know they weren't running off a film no but it looked like a splice like when you used to yeah Back in the day, kids, you used to use film <laughs> in a movie theater, and you used to have to when you put. Sometimes the rolls will come in three different cans, and you would have to put tape in the on the film to connect them and every to, to the full film. History lesson right now. Yeah, um, and that's what it looked like. And yeah, I'm like you're talking about that scene with De Niro, right, sitting there on mm-hmm. the chair, and like they literally like there was like a really bad edit. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, and I was just like, you want this to be for award consideration. You know, in every other th- every one of the theaters, and I hope it wasn't the other ones I either, yeah. that there's people who are not only who nominated it, who are writing about it, who like us, who we have our award show, we have we give out awards on our award show, and you show me a cut like that, yeah, 
I mean, I'm surprised too, just from the fact that they made such a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. And they flew, you know, Netflix flew people out from New York and all over the country. Right. You know, I'm shocked that they didn't have someone test that and make sure mm-hmm. that it was perfect. Exactly, and that kind of left as much. As, uh, I love the film. It reminded me of Goodfellas and Casino. Yeah, same pacing. <laughs> but when it comes to an award season, and you have me like. Like, everybody judges us on what we do. Yeah. And the quality of work that we do. We put I put that same judgment towards the film, towards Netflix. If you're going to present something, and this is something that you really want to push out there, first time Scorsese's working with you, give me the best cut. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here for three and a half hours on a seat that's really, <laughs> really bad. Give me the best cut. I agree. I, I mean, so, I, there's no, there's no doubt in that. I've noticed mm-hmm. that too. I thought I was crazy. I thought I was the yeah. only one who noticed that. Yeah. No, I noticed it. Other people didn't notice it. Well, one person I talked to didn't notice it, but I noticed it right off the bat. And, and I'm just, I'm one of those observant moviegoers who watches everything, who really looks at every detail. So let me ask you this this question, and uh, I'm glad I can actually uh, talk about this freely. How do you feel about the lack of uh, people of color besides Asian community and the uh, nominations this year besides Jennifer Lopez playing a stripper, by the way? Well, <laughs> let's be honest here. And this is something that has bothered me for a long time because I experience it as a journalist. Every time we go to a red carpet, they look at Muse TV and automatically they look at me and say, oh, are you a Spanish outlet? I'm like, just be- what, just because of the way I look? I always believe that it should, and this is something I grew up with, growing up with my mom, who was, unfortunately has passed away, but left me a lot of life skills. It's about always look at the work. shouldn't matter about who you are, what color you are, what type of person you are, who you love. None of that should matter. It should be, if you do the best work, you should be nominated. And if somebody of color does the best work, they should be recognized for that. It shouldn't be about a good old boys network, which coming from where I started at, I was in journalism, then I went to pro sports, and pro sports is a good old boys network, yeah. especially the NFL. But if you see that, it's it's something that we shouldn't even be talking about this. There's so many great actors, great directors, great producers who deserve some recognition but it all depends on who gets the push yeah and who they're gonna push because you know you could have a great diego luna film he should be nominated for best actor for something but if they don't push it in the right way or give it to enough theaters or show it to enough people who have a decision it's not going to be it's not going to be seen and i think that's where the problems are more on top yeah trickle down than anything else because of the fact that I believe if you get, if they deserve to direct a film, and you think they should because they have a proven guru, you should give them that film and give them a, and let them see and be behind it. Don't just say, "Oh, yeah, we got a Latino director." And luckily enough, for the last what three years, we've had Latino directors win yeah. Best Picture, which is awesome, and it helps influence other people. Right. Because I mean, I know I'm long winded in this, but growing up. I was born in 1975. I'm not scared to share my age. <laughs> Growing up in 1975, there wasn't really much I could see as Latino actors or Latino directors. I mean, Ricardo Montalban. 
I remember him in Fantasy Island and Star Trek as Khan and Edward James Olmos. Right. When it comes to directors and producers, there wasn't really that many. And it's the same thing like in our realm in journalism. My idol was Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather and all these all these guys who were not right. of color. Yeah. Now it's a different story. And I think you're seeing kids now who see uh, Guillermo del Toro and say, I can do that. Yeah. It's about giving people opportunities. If you could do the job, and that's the one thing, it should be if you could do the job, not who you know. Yes. If you could do the job, you should get the role. You should get the directing job. And another thing, too, we need more producers of color and more studio heads of, of color. If you get more studio heads of color, more producers of color, really bring diversity because this is the one thing, like I always say, I go to Fox Television in the publicity department, all bunch of different people. Yeah. And I don't see that a lot in different studios. I really don't. You go to there and I'm like, wow, this is really diverse in their staffing and everything. You don't see that in a lot of different studios. You see maybe one African-American, one Asian, one Latino, and the rest of them are all. Young, like young girls who are white. Yeah. And it's like when you bring more diversity into some place and into the workplace, you will see change naturally occur. Yeah. And I don't know what your take is. No, uh, I we know we got to wrap real quick, but yeah. I did, did want to just comment on this real quick. Um, you hit upon something that I strongly believe in, um, and that is reward people who know what they're doing and hard work. Uh, if a white guy is not good at a job or if a white guy fails at his job, he shouldn't keep being brought back just because he's the safe bet. Mm-hmm. You need to take chances and you need to give people opportunities. And I think that's the big issue right now is that we also have become so afraid to criticize someone if they don't make a good movie if they are a person of color. Mm-hmm. You know, like I will never, I'm, I'll never forget all the stuff that happened with Wrinkle in Time. It's that is like an example that sticks out. That is not that good of a movie. And like, there were so many people who were so afraid to speak out about that movie. And Ava, you know, I'm, I'm not, don't mean to sound this, but like, she did this just like The Rock did when they didn't like Baywatch. Mm-hmm. She blocked people because they didn't like her movie. You have to be open to criticism. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not. The, maybe this was not the right fit for you. But don't do that. So I think it's it, it, you got to give people chances, and you also have to like give them more than one chance. Mm-hmm. But also like don't keep rewarding the same people over and over again, and stop picking people like just one person or two people that you just go to bat for all the time, and you don't decide to expand. Right. You know. How many movies do we have to have Tiffany Haddish in? Tiffany Haddish is one of probably like 300, 400 African-American actresses who wants to be in a film and wants to do comedies. Go to someone else. I love Tiffany, but go to someone else. Mm-hmm. Spread the wealth around a little bit. There's a lot of other qualified actresses. Mm-hmm. That's it. End of end of it. So, thank you so much for watching. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Film Critics Weekly. Michael, where can they find you? You can find me at Muse TV on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter, Muse TV One. Okay, awesome. And you can find me over at We Live Entertainment and go to Instagram and Twitter, the other Scott M. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week.
From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.